coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 215. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews and the Hammer in Springfield, Missouri. Hi, you two. Hello. How are you? Hey, hey, what's going on? Uh, same old, same old. Not much change here. A little bit is opening up over over time, but, uh, you know, still standing in lineups. Well, you know, we live in the crazy place that um, actually is just now hitting its peak after everybody goes back to work. Um, we have more cases in Missouri and even in Green County than ever. Ooh. We also are the proud owners of, I mean, we don't own it, the Hammer and I, but Springfield. The Great Clips, we are 150-some employees, I mean, customers, were exposed by two employees. Oh, lovely. We're also the proud um, to have um, Lake of the Ozarks and the pool parties where people were not social distancing. Ah. And all of this has been all over the national news, as it should be. You know, I mean, even if you're not worried about yourself getting this, you really shouldn't be an idiot and taunt people because other people can get it and die. Yeah, exactly. Stay the hell at home if you're sick. Bottom line. Exactly. And, and, you know... You know, at least appear to be social distancing, right. having a thousand people around one pool, right. you know, and, and everybody's drinking and sweating and exchanging bodily fluids. It's just not a good idea. Right. You, you know, know, they wanted to have a good party, and I, we get that. They know they've been cooped up for five, six, seven weeks. We get that, but my God, have some control. Yeah. yeah, you know, you got the rest. Most of these people are twenty-one. Don't they've got the rest of their life? It's not like one weekend is going to change. Exactly. Life, you know. And and would you want to passively even kill somebody? I mean, no, surely not. These are not that kind of kids. Right. But you know, you you just can't have that many people together. Well, there's the invincibility complex that goes. Oh yeah. With being oh yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah, you get the group mentality and the mob mentality once you get yeah. something like that, and it, it gets out of control. You get all those mentalities going at the same time. Hey, but party. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I miss those two. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Thank God we Sort of. <laughs> sort of. I don't miss the morning after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I got a little bit of mixed news on the jobless claims, and... There's a lot of misinformation going on out there, and that's one thing we like to do here is we like to bring up topics and get we think a little bit, and we hope that you're out there thinking a little bit, and maybe all these heads together can come up with something so smart. Right. So 2.1 million people had first-time jobless claims of unemployment. Okay. Okay, that was last week's numbers, okay? Those numbers came out today. And that's bad, that's that's not good, okay? Right. However, you know, there's, you can make that sound really bad. 
until you realize that since they declared this a pandemic, which was on March 11th, we remember that day, because it was also the Hammer's birthday. Right. Okay? And two weeks later, just about everything shut down, right? Right. Okay, so 41 million people lost jobs okay. during that time. And that's really horrible. Okay, 4 million people went back to work last week. We now are already down to 21 million people are unemployed. That means we put 20 million people back to get work. Right. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, considering not everything is open yet. Oh, yeah, and there's lots of cities and states that aren't very open at all. Yeah, well, some, and, of, the, some of the biggest employers are schools. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah, good point. There's nowhere near, you know, the, the amount uh, of people going back. I don't think anybody's really started yet for school. No, and I don't know if colleges will go back in the fall. Um, they will go back online. Most of them are talking about not going back in 2021 until the fall. Right. Or, you know, the rest of this year. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but but you've got a good point. A lot of um, medical workers are out because they can't see their regular patients. Right. I know our hospital, one of our hospitals um, furloughed 700 employees on Monday and fired about 118 yesterday. Ouch. Because people aren't coming in for regular medical care. Right. And so there's... Um, Nothing for them to do. We've started up with elective surgeries. I think it was last week. So everything's rolling once again. Dentists, I believe, uh, are not back to work here yet. Yeah, I, they set up my teeth cleaning for next Wednesday, but I had to go through a health profile. Oh, lovely. So that's going to be like the first time. But even though some of these things are opening up, the dentist... Um, uh, the girl that I went through the health profile with, she said that most people don't want to come in yet. Just like the elective surgeries, most people don't want their elective surgeries yet. Um, my hairdresser said most people still don't want to come in and get their hair done. Right. And that was before the Great Clips incident. So I I think people are a little eerie of some things. There's still a lot of unknowns out there. I think that's the biggest problem. They, they still don't have a lot of answers on the virus about, you know, you get, well, is it six feet? Is it nine feet? Is it 12 feet? Uh, how does it spread? How long does it stay? You get conflicting reports. And I think everybody just says, well, I'll just stay at home. Well, and we don't we don't really even know, is it a blood disease or a lung disease? We've heard both, haven't we? Yeah, uh, lots of conflicting information coming from doctors and scientists. And one says one thing and the other says another thing. So it, it's impossible to know. And, of course, the media has just uh, fear-mongered the shit out of everything, right? So, Oh, yeah. yeah I, I do believe... If you've watched CNN and MSNBC, you're probably less likely to leave your house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, because they they are fear-mongering. Okay, this is a big, big story. Trump has just signed, in the, within the last hour, an executive order 
to fight censorship on social media platforms. Um, he wants to remove the liability protection that they have so enjoyed all this time. Meaning, um, and, and I'll tell you what prompted it, or well, the final, the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess, is Jack from Twitter decided to fact check one of Trump's tweets. Okay, now normally the platforms do not fact check politicians because you kind of open it up a can of worms and and it's not that easy to fact check. Okay, because most things aren't cut and dry. Right. So it's been even Zuckerberg has left it alone. And in fact, in our interview yesterday, he he's kind of perturbed that Jack did it. Okay, he says Jack shouldn't have done it. Okay, so you have that. At the same time last week, you had Google censoring YouTube posts that have negative comments or narratives about China. Right. Which included our show. Yep. So Trump says enough is enough. You know, I have mixed emotions about this because I like the fact that we're somewhat protected because we can be given misinformation and we can say something and it's not right. We certainly try to try not to do that. Right. Um, but you never know. You don't. I mean, you're only as good as your source. Right. Okay. And sources can have agendas. Absolutely. So... You know, it's back to the same old question we wrote about, you know, we wrote a big article about this um, back when we did HOT. Right. Okay, is a social media platform journalism? Is it media? What do you think? Um, you know, yeah, I, I mean, media is in the name, social media. So, um, yeah, I, I would say they are, uh, they are media. But should we call them out on censorship when it's partisan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Proving I, it I, might be tough, but... Well, it should never become political. You should... It doesn't matter, Democratic, Republican. They should not call out anything that is political. You've got to let that go because... My God, those guys I don't think can talk without saying something that's not entirely true. Or, like the president, we are not privy to everything he knows. Yeah, sometimes we think he's lying. You know, he knows, and yeah, and who's telling And we it? find out later he's not. Exactly. How many times does that happen? Yeah. You know, where he said, well, this is going to happen, and everybody's like, he's, he's full of shit. And find out two months later that he was telling the exact. Well, boy, I mean, just like when he goes, "I'm getting wiretapped," and everybody's like, "Oh, oh yeah, right. we don't even do wiretaps anymore." Well, um, guess what? He was you being are. wiretapped, <laughs> yeah. both figuratively and literally. <clears throat> exactly. So I, you know, Hammer's got a good point there. I don't know. I agree. Well, I think next week some heads are going to roll because next Wednesday, Netflix will start airing a series called Filthy, Filthy Rich 
the Jeffrey Epstein story. Now, I believe it's going to be in five parts. They are calling it a molestation pyramid scheme. And I know, Connor, this is something you followed quite a bit. Um, they said this was a hard sell, that some places um, passed this up. Of course, Netflix will buy anything like this. I mean, so you can always depend on them. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they shouldn't have bought it. I'm right. just saying um, where others will pass it up, they will. But they say it is. Um, it was very hard for the producers. Yeah, to be no part kidding. Part of it because this was sick, and I'm wondering how much they're going to expose about Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm surprised they're still alive. <laughs> the, the doobie is going to hit the fan. Well, you know, this is going to be like like uh, making a movie on the mob. Yeah, there's pretty probably, much. There's ought to be some people's legs cut off on this because they're, I think this is so deep and so um, scattered with bodies that if they really bring all the truth out on this, it's going to be ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the producer, I mean, excuse me, the director, Lisa Bryant, hints that, you know, this is not going to look good for Bill Clinton or Prince St. Andrew. Um, and she says, we traveled the globe to deliver the most complete and intimate look at Epstein survivors. My goal was to entangle the convicted pedophiles' lies and manipulations without losing sight of the women and the young girls he preyed upon. By sharing these truths here, they are presenting international audiences with an unfiltered account of what they experienced. Wow. Bless wow. their hearts for coming forward. Brave. Um, um, I don't know. We don't exactly have Netflix, but this story has interested me enough. Right. I may, I may have to get it. Yeah, I, I may have to get that. So, uh oh, I don't know. and then it starts the yeah. binge watching. Yeah, <laughs> we're not big binge watchers. Well, see, this way you have an excuse to binge drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You know, well, you know, you got to get in the mood to watch a show like this. So, yeah. Well, you just extend, or, you just you extend have to, happy hour. You have to tap it down, the, the horror of watching this, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, in light of Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, all of this, my question is where the hell is Hillary? Now, <laughs> she was all over everything, endorsing, um, uh, Biden. Yeah, I mean, even during Joe. the the quarantine. Yeah. And suddenly, she has disappeared. Yeah. My you're guess right. is this is the reason why. Yeah, she's trying to find Bubba. <laughs> she's trying to find Bill. She can't find find him to say, Bill, tell me what really happened. Well, yeah. I keep. Yeah, you think that's gonna fly? <laughs> well, apparently, you know, he's got this little abode down near his um, museum and presidential library in um, Hope, Arkansas, which is not terribly far from here. So, you know, you hear rumors. And supposedly he has like this house or something built into the earth. Oh. You know, like, so, so they party on the rooftop. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so sort, sort of yeah. like... Um... If you can't find Bill, supposedly that's where he's at. Yeah, so, sort of like moles, I guess. 
about as twisted okay if everybody's going back to work okay and I, I'm kind of implanting my own bias here I understand that um, should Congress come back to work like everybody else or should they vote from home yeah, yeah. okay I, I sort of think if they still want to draw a paycheck they should go back to work. Absolutely. I feel the same way. Same thing going on in Canada. Um, they're working from, I don't know, home somehow. Um, it's ridiculous. Which Get back to work. Which is in the United States, it's unconstitutional. Therefore, the GOP leaders of Congress sued Nancy Pelosi over this today. Because oh, they took okay. a vote from home. Proxy votes are not supposed to take place according to the U.S. Constitution. Now, when I, I've been a little on the fence about this because at first we thought the coronavirus was going to get much worse. Okay. And I thought maybe they might have to proxy vote. But the world is going back to work. Right. I think Congress and Nancy should get out from underneath those two big refrigerators in her kitchen and get back to D.C. Right. She can't go until she eats all the ice cream. <laughs> take her a while. Well, I know, that's why she's there. She's not coming back. There's a lot of ice cream there for that little woman. So She's got stock in it. Apparently. Yeah, she usually has stock in a lot of things. Okay, so that brings me to the other question of the day. We always like to throw these questions out there. If 0.3% of the COVID-19 victims died, was the shutdown worth it? What do you think, Hammer? You know, this is a very tough question, but I think that if we did not shut down the country, I think it would have spread like wildfire. I think that not when Trump shut down the Chinese from coming flying into New York and into the United States, I think that stopped a lot because I think they were the main characters of it, you know, and if people are visiting New York, getting it, taking it back to the Midwest and Southwest, and I think that you would have had pockets everywhere, and as the pockets are spread out more, it would have spread more, and I think it would have been very ugly. I think they would have, I think we could have lost as many as maybe five, 10 million people. Well, that's a good point because was the shutdown of America as fruitful as the shutdown of our borders and well, allowing got, people to fly in? What do you think? Connor? I got Yeah, I got something to say on that. Uh, basically, our borders uh, between Canada and the U.S. have been shut down for, what, uh, two months almost going on, and they're not opening exactly. up, I, I don't think, until mid to end June. I think. Yet we've got flights coming in from China with no screening. 
Oh my gosh, I, I that's a bad idea. I think there you go. Like so, yeah. you know, to me, but just looking Trudeau at, at that, is definitely in China's pocket right now. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. He said it live. He he uh, envied what the government was doing there. That was a couple oh. of years back already. So there you go. Gosh. Oh boy, yeah. how would you like to be on the record for that statement? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, apparently he doesn't mind, he huh? He doesn't mind at all. Yeah, he's, he's a... Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay, Biden made some remarks about... on the Breakfast Club about... If you were a Trump supporter and you were black, you really weren't black at all. <laughs> Said now, by I the whitest know. guy in history. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what someone like Biden knows about being black. I, I certainly don't know what it's like. Yeah. You know, all the, and also a black person doesn't know maybe what it's like to be me. I mean, we, we truly don't know. Right. We have to have empathy and we have to be caring and aware and basically not stupid and racist. I mean, Biden is coming across to me like a racist. It's not the first time. I doubt it will be the last time. Why yeah. does he get a free pass? Uh, I, I think his mouth was wagging before his brain was really thinking with that remark. Honestly, it, it blew up here in Canada, too. It was quite disgusting to read. Like, what are you thinking? You well, know, Joe does open his mouth, like you said, and words come out <laughs> that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. And, you know, the Dems have a track record of making all these promises to the black voters. That's true. They have done it year after year after year, and they lie to them. And the minute the election is over, they could care less what happens to them. They don't pass any legislation for them. It's just all a smokescreen. Yeah. Promise. They overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah, absolutely agree. And 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 it's just it's sick. And there are. A a lot there are getting to be a lot more uh, black Republicans who are coming on television and having talk shows that are rallying behind this point that uh, they have been lied to and it's just like Trump said and I always, I thought this was one of his best lines of the whole campaign vote for me and try our regi regime, what have you got to lose? You haven't gained anything the last eight years. <laughs> yeah. I you know, and you had Obama. I hope you didn't call it a regime now. <laughs> oh, well, all right. My, uh, that, was, that was great. I love it. <laughs> you see what yeah, I'm you saying? had an Uncle Joe moment talking yeah, about it. Yeah, I guess him, I right? did, but it kind of felt like it was a regime when Obama was running it. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't do much. But now, guys like uh, Charmaine of the Breakfast Club are calling for not only a female VP, but now they want a black VP. So my guess is he'll do it, he'll fold, um, and it'll be Stacey Abrams, which is a ridiculous choice because she's never won an election. <laughs> I mean, they keep praising her, and I keep saying, for what? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, how ridiculous, but 
okay, if that's what you want, do it. I can't wrap my head around any of their decisions. I can't either. None of them. It is. It, it's just ridiculous. I, I don't know, you know, what to think. But racism is certainly, it, it, it's certainly horrible. And I, I do believe that we've made a lot of headway. You know, I'm, I'm old. Right. I remember awful things. I, I really do. Um, when I was a small kid, I mean, I remember uh, going on vacation and driving through Arkansas, and there's still being places where it said black people couldn't go to the bathroom, and I had no idea what the heck that was about, because first of all, sadly, we didn't have any black people in our town. Right. I didn't know what the heck, you know, that meant, and I, I, I couldn't imagine that you would ban a person. I, I do remember, you know, thinking that. Yesterday in Central Park, or maybe it was the day before, there's an area where people bird watch. A black man was bird watching. A white woman was walking her dog. In the bird watch area, you are supposed to have your dog on a leash. Makes sense. They don't scare the birds off. And uh, he asked the woman, will you please put your bird, your, your bird on a leash, your dog on a leash? And she just went ballistic. Right. She taped the whole thing. She called the police and said that, he that a black man was there, an African-American man was there, threatening her life. Now, are you kidding me? I mean, this was ridiculous. He was no more threatening her life than anything. I, I mean, she lost her job at a financial company. Um, she should have. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, unless she can come up with some sort of PTSD from a past experience, I, I, you know, she, she, she seriously needs therapy. She seriously needs help. It was ridiculous. And I am praising this Christian Cooper because he was just a champ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool cucumber. For people who did not see that on the, the video, he never raised his voice. Yeah. His tone was very um, calming, trying to calm her down. Yes never uttered one thing that could have been vicious or mean or anything. And I'll tell you what, she she just, I, I, I hopefully in, in her life sometime in the past, she's had a bad experience, like uh, Grace said, and, and there's a reason for this, because the way she reacted was totally, totally, totally out of character. And how can we proceed forward with uh, race relations if, if we've got people out there acting like this? I mean, totally uncalled for. And I mean, it's not like this guy was, you know, had dreads down to the, to the ground and was, you know, had two guns sticking out of his pants or, you know, looked threatening or anything like that. He looked like yeah, a bird watcher. <laughs> How threatening are bird watchers? Oh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't 
think too many uh, bird watchers uh, knock off liquor stores either. Yeah. So I, it was very sad. It was very alarming. And there, there is a certain amount of people, you know, in the United States, around the world, that are quite racist. Okay? That amount of people exists in every walk of life. And, and that kind of brings it full circle to this George Floyd issue in Minnesota. Right. Where these cops basically killed this black man. Yeah. And they was... said he was threatening them. He was um, trying to um, avoid arrest. And the video proves otherwise. Four cops were fired. This man is dead. The DOJ says... Um, the president um, gave this to the DOJ and the FBI and said this is priority. I mean, people are in the streets looting in Minneapolis. Right. This was a horrible thing. Um, there are racist cops, obviously. I don't think they necessarily exist in a greater amount than as in the general population. I hope not. They should be dealt with. I, I don't think we can assume all cops are racist, but this is getting ridiculous. These two incidents just take your breath away. Yeah, it, it, this is terrible. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that, and I, I'm just guessing here, that I know because the black community has their, their odds, their their numbers are up for committing crimes, okay? that That's bad. However, these cops cannot prejudge every black man and think that he is a criminal or has committed a crime or has done something bad. And uh, apparently these guys just we also can't kill somebody over a petty crime. No, you I, I mean, you absolutely can't, you know. If anything, let them, you know, let them walk, run away. Don't kill them. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't understand. I'm sure this is something we'll be talking more about in the future. Um, sometimes it seems like you all do better than we do up there in Canada. But um, I don't know. Then others tell me that's not necessarily true. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't even know what to think about this. It's just disgusting. Yeah, you know, Seriously, it, it, it's very hard to talk about. It, it is hard. It to really talk is. About. So, okay, we will carry on to the. And this has to do with um, racism too, in a way. Um, the House passed four thirteen to one sanctions for China over their torture and detention of Muslims. This is going to the president's desk. Um, I guess they're hoping for a signature. I, I don't know if he's going to give one or not. Um, my my question is, okay, I, I agree they should have done that. But why did they not include sanctions over COVID-19 and the mishandling how can they go after China on this and not COVID-19? Right. Too hard to prove. You may have a point. Yeah. I, like we said earlier, there's so much misinformation. And everybody thinks they're right. So, uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. How do you prove who's right and who's wrong? I think China should just, you know, 
just makes me ill that we let them get away with things and and uh, I'm tired of them controlling us like I said on the show last week I'm tired of them um, having the power to control our medicine control our, a lot of our industry control a lot of our products uh, I don't trust them how do you trust a communist country at, at a moment's notice they could cut us off and, and put us in a world of hurt and and I don't like it to be dependent upon anyone right. I believe in working in conjunction but dependency on a communist country not happy with it don't want it yeah I agree Okay, Americans don't like buying food online. They don't like buying food and picking it up at the grocery store or having it delivered. They want to buy their food in person. I can see that. I mean, you know, who wants somebody to pick out their bananas for them or their lettuce? You know, I can guarantee you that Grace wants to pick out her own tomatoes. Oh, yeah. I've been an observer for many years now <laughs> she wants to touch and feel and yeah and also, i can be very picky about those avocados and those tomatoes i can no, stand there for two minutes she, she wants <laughs> she wants the best ones that's true so uh here's one you guys love cocktails to go now almost every state and municipality has allowed them through the coronavirus um, mostly to boost business, uh, business at restaurants and bars. Will this stay or will it go? I want it to stay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how often do you go up and have oh, a cocktail made and bring it home? No, I'm not going to. But if they're going to do that, remember back in the day <laughs> when you could always, if you didn't finish your cocktail or if you wanted one to go, you could get one. Oh, I now, remember that. I don't know. Nowadays, they don't do that. They no, take it against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So, one for the road. Yeah. Or I one mean, for the ditch. Would, yeah, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a good so, idea. No, it, it's probably, all joking aside, it's probably not a good idea, but yeah. I think I think it'll be a while because I well, think these bars and restaurants are so... Uh, need the money anything they can do to bring make a buck i i think it's going to be hard to uh well like coronavirus isn't over by any no, no, i'm still not going out to eat i'm yeah. still not going to a bar i i mean i'm going to a lot of places but there's a lot of places i won't go bars won't a go lot of bars, bars or nail salons for a sure lot of bars and cabarets up here in canada have already shut their doors and saying they're not coming back so they were already struggling before this with the, yeah. uh, you know, drunk driving laws. People aren't, oh, yeah. you know, going out and drinking as much. And so they were already suffering uh, financially. And this was just the nail in the coffin. You, know? you bet. That's true. Well, apparently that's just the way it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a new world. You bet. I agree with you there. Yeah, and we don't always agree, but life's a journey, and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed to all of our listeners out there. Godspeed you, too, and everyone, thanks for listening. See ya.